Good morning. Thank you, Eden, for that uh, reading. You read it absolutely beautifully. So good to have young people reading for us. So here we are today. Uh, we're on chapter six of Mark's gospel. Just for those that don't know, we are following through the uh, gospel of Mark. Wonderful gospel to read, uh, particularly if you're new to the, the scriptures and new to the faith uh, and are exploring it or want to revisit what it means to be a follower of Jesus and understand something of the significance of Jesus. My name is Pastor Brian. I'm the minister of the church. It's great to be here with you and it's great to bring God's word. So let's get cracking on. So um, for those that want to, um, a little exercise. Um, so feel free to take a A4 piece of paper and um, I think you fold it in half again and you're allowed to cut it as many times as you like but you cannot break the connection of the paper. The objective is to cut it into such a shape that you can put your whole body through it. It is, it is possible. And I have exhibit B, that's exhibit A, and this is exhibit B for those that don't believe it can be done. Here we have an unbroken connection of the A4 piece of paper. Um, and it is big enough hole for my whole body to fit through um, and I want to see um, who else can do it okay the um, yeah I, I I didn't do it June did it so um, her Royal Highness June Stocker will be the one that shows you how it's done but not on this clip um, you'll have to tap in later and contact her and we'll return back to that at the end of the sermon now we're looking at what it means to be righteous and holy. Because if I've got to be completely upfront with you, I have a problem with Christianity. A serious problem. My problem is this. What does it mean to be righteous and holy? Because in my time as growing as a Christian, it felt to me exactly how I thought it might be before becoming a Christian. Now, I didn't become a Christian because I thought um, I was good. I didn't become a Christian because I thought I was bad. In fact, I didn't believe I was bad. I thought I was a pretty decent guy. And I didn't become a Christian because somebody else's life attracted me to it, somebody else's lifestyle. What attracted me to the Christian faith was the power of love. And how real people were living the Christian life in a real, relevant, radical and refreshing way. And over the years, I've had to really understand what it means to be righteous and holy. Because there's a lot of teaching about, well, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. You should read your Bible every day. You should pray out loud. You should speak in tongues. Um, you should know your Bible. Um, I remember conversations with Christians. Oh, you know, uh, most of the people don't know the Lord's Prayer. You know, most people could not recite the, all the Bibles in the Bible chronologically, in terms of chronologically as it is laid out in the Bible. You know, not a lot of people really understand the scriptures. And and did you know she smokes? And, and did you know he drinks a lot? And over the years, I've reflected on what it means to be righteous and holy. And I think this passage jumps out at us to remind us that being righteous and being holy is not an easy thing. So on my t-shirt, 
so I can move this distraction out of the way. Um, I think it fits well with um, with where we are going with this passage. Being a Christian isn't easy, but retirement plan is amazing. So let's get, get that out of the way so you're not distracted by that. Let's look at this passage very quickly. There's three sections in this passage. There's a section of um, Jesus being rejected from his hometown. There's a section of the disciples um, being sent out with nothing more than the clothes on their back, the sandals on their shoes and the staff in their hand. Then there's the section of uh, 14 to 29 of, um, of John the Baptist being beheaded. There's another little section in the middle of that, 14 to 16, if you like, about who is Jesus? What's going on there? This guy's um, raising a bit of popularity. He is the headline news of the day. Who is he? And people still not knowing who he really is. So verses one to six is about a prophet is not without honour, except in his hometown. He's rejected in his hometown. Then the second bit is six to six B to 13, where the disciples are sent out with absolutely nothing. No money, no camel, no donkey, um, no, no backpack, no sandwiches, nothing. And then uh, just reliant on the word of God and the hospitality of those that receive it. And then this awful challenge of John the Baptist being beheaded, even though he was known to be a righteous and holy man. So this, this section doesn't necessarily paint a, a glamorous picture to follow Jesus, because the challenge is not about success in being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, or, or success in, um, in this world at all. It is about the significance we make in the time that we have. And what significance is that? So today we're looking at what are the lines of righteousness and holiness? I don't know about you, but today among many days, more than any other day, we've got lines all over the place. You go to supermarkets, lines, two meter lines. Um, I, I've seen and I've been involved in to step back, step back, two meters. I'm not being funny, but you know, keep your distance. I don't want to get infected with this coronavirus. So people are more precious about lines than ever before. We used to moan about lines queuing up, lining up, um, and lines on the road, and lines here telling us this and that and the other. Um, but we, we are very familiar with lines, okay? Now lines are important. So what are the lines of righteousness and holiness? In this section of the text that we are, have had read to us, for me, it's about lines of righteousness and holiness pushing against the lines of injustice um, and corruption and manipulation and, in, and darkness and evil. Now, Jesus is completely rejected from his hometown. He cannot do many miracles. He's had to be um, moved on, as it were. Now, this is the place he grew up where he has all his memories, where he has all his friends. And people knew him and they're questioning, what is this? This is amazing teaching. This is astonishing. But who is he? He's only a carpenter. He's the son of Mary. He's got brothers and sisters like anyone else. What makes him so significant? Now, bear in mind, Jesus had only just begun his ministry. So for the first 30 years of his life, it's fair to say that he was known as just an ordinary kid. Maybe a bright kid, maybe a, a very good kid. But he was just an ordinary kid on the block. A good little Jewish man. 
and probably um, one that could uh, be a good husband to to somebody but that obviously never happens I wonder how Jesus felt about being rejected I wonder whether you've ever been rejected and you've done nothing wrong you've only tried to love you've only tried to bring um, a, a positive influence into the lives of others to be rejected for just being you is a real tough one now to be rejected on bringing good news and being a part of a healing ministry and and helping people um for, through a difficult time come out of that difficult time and find something worth living for but being rejected by them is a tough one it's not to be taken lightly but this is a story, this is an account of two righteous and holy men that set the example for what it means to be righteous and holy. They were not looking for a clinical movement. God was not trying to construct another clinical um, godly movement. This is what Israel did. They built such a clinical religion that it didn't allow people to be real. It didn't allow people to be authentic. It didn't allow people to be relevant. So there was not a lot going on. And when Jesus came and he brought the new line of what it means to be righteous and holy, it started to bash against the lines of injustice and the lines of corruption and the lines of um, darkness and evil. And it's literally two worlds colliding and they're bashing against each other you've got the the world of the kingdom of god and the world of darkness the world of um, uh, the kingdom of this world and they were never fit because the corruption and the deception and the evil and the darkness that reigns through this world um, is infecting people and the problem with the church is it's become too complacent and too comfortable the church only really grows, and we've heard this so many times, when uh, there's chaos uh, and, and when there's turmoil and when there's challenging, often sadly suffering. The church is said to have been growing since it's gone online. It's said that during these times um, we're reaching more 16 to 25 year olds than we've ever reached. We are hearing of stories of people coming and requesting prayer. Typing in prayer in Google is one of the most popular, if not the popular word of the day. We're hearing of unprecedented numbers of people joining service that would not have joined services prior to lockdown. This line that's been drawn, this line of injustice, of stopping people from moving around freely, is causing the line of righteousness and holiness to emerge and to resurface and people are going no this can't be it there must be more than this the success that they once knew is no longer as significant in their lives as it is to discover something more of this world what this world can offer so here we have an account of rejection of jesus in the in his community we have an account of um when Jesus sends his followers out, you're going to get rejection because you're bringing something not of this world into this world. You're bringing the new line of the movement of God. 
It is not a physical temple like Herod was trying to build. He was he was trying to rebuild the temple, the physical temple, the 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 the, the fortified temple where God is not building a fortified temple. He is the fortified force, but it has no physical fortified boundary. It is a movement that is sweeping through the nation via the people that dare to clothe themselves in righteousness and holiness. So the challenge is for us, are we daring to clothe ourselves with true, authentic righteousness and holiness? Not that kind of righteousness and holiness that says, well, I I don't drink at all. Only at Christmas. I don't put a single bet on. I don't gamble at all. I, I don't swear. I don't use um, offensive language in any context whatsoever. Oh, I don't allow anything in my body impure because what goes in comes out and I don't want anything impure to come out of my body. There's a danger of um, creating a culture of clinical Christianity that is just not realistic. Jesus exposed this. Jesus broke the rules. He stepped over the lines. Did you ever step over the lines of the train station where it says do not step over this line? I stepped over that line. Ooh, I was quite proud of myself that I stepped over those lines. Stepping over lines is something we can't resist to do in our lives. But the question is, what lines are we crossing over? Now, I like to see myself as a rule rascal. Not that I believe that rules are meant to be broken. I don't believe in that silliness. But I'm a rule rascal. If there is a rule that's stopping me from being me, being real, and being um, an exuberant, joyful child of God, I'm going to break that rule. I'm going to bring something of the goodness of God wherever I go. Now, that's a challenge because that can be so resist resisted by people. But you've got to develop a resilience within you that says rejection of people in this world is nothing compared to the acceptance of God in the kingdom of heaven and in this life. For he has adopted me and empowered me and you to stand firm and strong in the face of adversity. Because the face of adversity is the line at which this world is trying to push back the line of righteousness and holiness. And when we try to be the clinical Christian, we are going to be ripped apart and we will not be able to stand the storm of that because we will falter. At that but when we walk with the clothes of righteousness and holiness we will be able to expose the darkness that is when we live the qualities of Jesus which is the love the humility you know descending out was not um, a sign of um, trying to live a particular life it was just it wasn't uncommon for um, philosophers and ideologists to go around the, 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 the towns and the villages and the countryside um, trying to teach this wonderful philosophy of life. It was normal. What wasn't normal is two people, men may be, going with nothing on their backs, nothing but the clothes on their backs and, and the staff in their hand and the sandals and, and proclaiming that God's kingdom is upon us and you are accepted. All you've got to do is repent and realise that you've tried to live life in according to the lines and the boundaries and the values of this world where God has brought a revelation of the new 
movement, the, the new temple, the temple without walls, the, the kingdom of heaven that talks about love for one another. You know, there's a wonderful passage that I'm just going to get up on my screen now, which I've been reading a few times this week from 1 John chapter 3, which um, if you want to turn to your Bibles for a brief moment, let's look at it. Um, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. We know love by this, that he, that is Jesus, laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Verse 17, how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. See, love is not defined by what we do or what we have or what we think we should be. Love is defined by wearing the clothes of righteousness, being right before God, not humanity. If somebody says, well, you know, that's not what Christians do. You know, have you ever heard it? Call yourself a Christian? That's because people are, have a different motive and a, di and a different understanding. Being a Christian is not about having your life sorted out before you can be used by God. Being a Christian is recognising that my life needs sorting out. And as I walk in the presence and in the power, in the peace and in the protection, and in the prophecy of our Lord Jesus Christ, I will be clothed with righteousness and holiness because it's his holiness and his righteousness that's going to work. And I will bring light into darkness and I will challenge injustice and I will stand against the evils of this world. And I will stand in the midst of the crap in this world and I will sh show that there is hope and I will bring encouragement because I will hold people in my arms. I will hug people. Well, you might not be able to hug people at the moment because of social distancing, but you get my drift. I will be with people and I will walk with people through it all. And this is the challenge we have as we um, find ourselves being in need of inspiration because following Jesus, as we read this passage, may not be easy. Being a Christian is not easy. If it's easy, if it's become easy day in, day out, I fear you're in a in a place of complacency and too much comfort. Because it isn't easy. I want to recommend a book to you if you want some inspiration of the challenges of following Jesus. Then this book, um, A True Life Story of um, James Maudsley, um, a time in his life when he was a student backpacking, the heart must break, um, where he um, goes to Burma um, and stumbles upon a lot of corruption and injustice um, with political powers um, ruling over the, um, the poor and the innocent. And he suffers a lot for it. I'll leave you to read the story. It's a wonderful story, true story back in 1999 to 2000. Um, but the reality is this, that walking in the clothes of righteousness and holiness um, more than likely will get us into trouble because Jesus being the prophet, John being the prophet, and us being the prophet, that is someone who brings news from God. There are two types of prophets. There's the charismatic prophet, the one with the special gift, the, the spiritual gift, who um, 
constantly has a word from God um, and is sent to um, reveal that word of God that might not always um, be pleasing to people but it will be good news it may have a horrible truth but a horrible truth is there to remind us that the two worlds that are clashing God is pushing this world back and bringing his world the, uh, the the fact that we're all we've all got a prophetic um, word to say is the fact that um, we who've received Jesus who have learnt and understood something of the good news who pass it on are part of a prophetic message so in that sense we've all got something of prophecy in us because it's about us being agents of the kingdom of transformation through Jesus Christ and God is clothing his people in righteousness and holiness now verse 20 of that passage um, sticks out to me because Herod feared John and protected him knowing him to be a righteous and holy man when Herod heard John he was greatly puzzled yet he liked to listen to him the reality is when you clothe yourself in the authentic righteousness and holiness of God, people are interested. They may not respond in the way that you would like them to, but they will take some of this on. It's not easy. And these times are not easy times. But God constantly shows us a way through. There is some amazing things happening i heard of a story emailed me about um one of our church members who laid hands on somebody um, in a place that this is not seen and i'm hoping she's going to record it and send it to us but i want to conclude with this last passage right at the end of that chapter that we didn't have this read to us but it's verse 53 what happens when you clothe yourselves in the righteousness and holiness of god something happens it may not feel like it at the time you may feel rejected but don't hold on to the rejection hold on to the obedience hold on to the significance of what it means to be a part of God's prophetic word as we share the good news that Jesus has us covered and it says this after all of this, after the rejection in um, in his hometown, after the sending out and the rejection um, from different homes there, after John the Baptist being beheaded, after the disciples being challenged to feed the 5,000 with their own money, after they were in the boat um, and feared that there was a ghost and that actually it was Jesus, after they weren't quite sure after all of this who Jesus was in verse 14 to 16, we get this right at the end. When they had crossed over, they landed at get Gennesaret and anchored there as soon as they got out of the boat people recognized Jesus they ran through throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was and wherever he went into villages towns and countryside they placed the sick in the marketplace they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed praise be to God after it all after all of that in that chapter after all the challenges after all the rejections after all the complications after all the suffering because Jesus and John were the epicenter of what it means to be righteous and holy the movement of God increased expanded the movement of God, the new line of the kingdom of heaven 
started to increase. And when we rely not on our strength, we rely on the strength of the Lord. When we recognise it's not about us being successful, it's about us having significance in being a child of God. We all have significance in being a child of God. Jesus must have had all kinds of emotions going through him when he was rejected. John must have had all kinds of emotions when um, he was locked up in the prison cell. The disciples in the boat must have had all kinds of fearful emotions um, when the storm rose and they saw what looked like a ghost. And they still were trying to learn out who this Jesus was. So... It is possible to take a little piece of paper like this and put your whole body through it. Because we have to learn new ways of what it means to be righteous and holy. So we have to learn new ways of what it means to use the power of God in us. So with that said, we can put our whole body through this piece of paper by using just nothing more than a pair of scissors and making sure we do not break the line, the link, the chain. We do not break this paper up so it's no more, no, no more good to, no good to us anymore. God has a line. And when we step outside that line, it is no longer right for us. Herod has stepped way out the line of holiness and righteousness, way out the line of what it meant to be a kingdom child, an agent of the kingdom. It is so easy to step out the line of righteousness and holiness. It is much harder to step into the line of righteousness and holiness because it will bash against this world. But it is about the significance that we bring into this world because of what God is able to do in and through us, not of our own strengths, not of our own ideologies or philosophies or even theologies. And even having a set of doctrinal rules can cause us to run the risk of becoming so clinical that the power of God no longer works because we're living by a set of rules and regulations. Not that I'm proposing for one minute we smash and crash and trash all rules. Rules are there for a purpose. But what's more purposeful than the rules is the grace in which we live through them, through the brokenness of them, through the challenges of them, and that's what will make us righteous and holy. Two worlds are clashing. What line are you moving on? What line are you living your life by? How are you clothed in righteousness and holiness? Is it time to redress yourself? Is it time for the church to redress itself and stop building bigger buildings? Stop building bigger um, mini kingdoms of gods but to stretch out the line of righteousness and holiness bringing the prophetic news that God is on the move and he's inviting everyone to come and receive the good news of Jesus Christ that you are an amazing child of God 
and all through this suffering I will show you the significance of the footprints that you're leaving in it. Let's pray.